0: I was clamoring about this last week, right? Aguilar, six catches, 110 yards, touchdown, average 18 yards per catch. That's what you need. You need your wide receivers involved. It can't just be the Jacoby Myers show. You need all of your receivers involved, dominating at times, dominating in key moments. Easily the play of the season for the Patriots. Nelson Aguilar. We'll get to that here coming up. But first and foremost, it's the Patriots Wire podcast. Ryan O'Leary here, playing host, joined as I will be each week by Jordy McElroy of USA Today's Patriots Wire. Jordy, how you feeling about your football team right now? A little bit better. I'm feeling a lot better about them right now. You know, any week that you get a that you get a win is a good week, and I'm definitely smiling from ear to ear right now. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I was. Uh, I was out back sipping the coffee, smelling the smelling the flowers, feeling way better than I was in week one as a fan of the team. And uh, you wrote about it on Pat's Wire. You know, quote: "A gutsy road win over the Steelers was the Patriots' response for laying an egg in the season opener against the Dolphins at South Beach, and they should be proud of it." And I agree. I don't think we should give the team too much crap, Jordy, for Mitchell Trubisky, who just is awful. We can we can talk about how bad he was in the game, but Trubisky being the quarterback, T.J. Watt being in street clothes on the sideline, uh, Gunnar Olszewski, our old friend, giving us a gift, a present, a free touchdown, basically when he <laughs> muffed that punt after talking all the crap, Jordy, that he was gonna he was gonna tear the Patriots up for letting him go. Yeah, how'd that go, Gunnar? Um So there's a lot you could say. Oh well, this is all that happened. No, 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 no. I'm not doing that. I think we should feel better about the team after week two, and especially because the way the O line held up against the Steelers defense, right? Go back to that Cincinnati game. They sacked Joe Burrow seven times. Mac Jones wasn't sacked once on Sunday, right? So overall, much better. And I want to get your take, Jordy, on Cole Strange, right? He's in the interior offensive line. Cam Hayward, one of the premier interior D linemen in the NFL, he was one of the guys that wrecked that Cincinnati game in week one for the Steelers. But he was quiet. And the whole Steelers defense, all their exotic stuff they do to get to the quarterback, they were pretty quiet. So what would you see from... The O line, but maybe Cole Strange, the rookie in particular.
1: Yeah, I mean the O line was incredible in that game, and you know Cole Strange is the guy that was you know drafted drafted number twenty nine overall, and he got a lot of hate for that, and obviously now you know Bill Belichick is looking like he made a good choice there, uh, and. He had a tremendous game against a, a really great defender in Cam Hayward. You know, the guy looked like a bouncer at a club throwing people out of the pocket um, against <laughs> the Steelers. And and Cam Hayward, I mean, Cam Hayward's one of the better defensive Defensive tackles in the league, and to see Cole Strange go up there and and kind of grown man him—that's that, kind of what we called it in, back in my days in school. I guess I'm old. I don't know if that's still the going phrase now, but he grown man him in the pocket, and he was able to keep keep Mac Jones clean. And obviously, they did a real good job of, 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 with run protection as well. Uh, but yeah, you know, and then one of the things that I that I noticed as well was the Patriots. You know, at the end of the game, they actually they closed out the runs. On Cole Strange's side, so like if you're looking for a reason to have faith in a guy like that, a rookie player, you know, you know, p- pitch the closeout, close out the game, run into his side, and that's what they did against a vaunted defense. You know, I, I know T.J. Watt wasn't out there, and people make a lot of a lot of fuss about that, but the Steelers overall, they're a good defensive team, and to see them close the game out like that, and see the offensive line hold up against a team that actually just I mean, made
0: Joe Burrow their lunch <laughs> in week one is really impressive and incredible. Now, how can you not love some of these uh, one liners that Jordy is throwing at you? Right. I mean, I don't know if we know each other long enough, Jordy, for me to say it, it might be the sexiest accent covering the Patriots, the southern accent you got going on. Hopefully that doesn't make you too uncomfortable, man. You know.
1: Makes me. I, I'm, hey, I'm, I'm comfortable in my own skin. I, I get compliments for the country
0: accent everywhere I go. I, I love it. Drop, <laughs> drop all that stuff that we maybe you don't hear all the time up here. I love it. Um uh, one guy. So I thought Cole Strange. Exactly. He was easy to notice out there. What, another guy that was impossible not to notice was Nelson Aguilar. Each team has two timeouts remaining. We're down to 30 seconds to go. Jones step dials up deep ball what a catch! Nelson Aguilar! Spectacular touchdown, New England!
1: When it's difficult, sometimes someone just has to make a one-on-one play that's a little more difficult. Good coverage by Witherspoon. But Aguilar just goes over the top of him and takes it from him. That ball was essentially in the breadbasket of Akello Witherspoon. And Nelson Aguilar said, "Uh uh-uh.
0: Yeah, uh uh-uh, he said, right, Jordy? I mean, he mossed him. He lost the defensive back and that score late in the first half, just a huge, huge play in the game. And honestly, as a fan, it was like the first time watching the team this season and maybe in a while where you kind of pop off your couch and say, oh, ooh, let's go. Let's go. You know, more of that. I want more of that. That was great. Right. So I was clamoring about this last week. Right. Aguilar, six catches, 110 yards, touchdown, average 18 yards per catch. That's what you need. You need your wide receivers involved. It can't just be the Jacoby Myers show. You need all of your receivers involved, dominating at times, dominating in key moments. And we saw that out of Aguilar. He looked great. Uh, hopefully that's a sign of, of things to come, right? The offense and Mac Jones and his wide receivers clicking a lot better in this game. That was really good to see. Another really good positive out of this game.
1: I mean, I don't. I don't know if you if you're familiar with the Uncle Drew and Kyrie Irving. He would always have that 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 saying, "Don't reach, young blood." And that (laughs) was that moment. Yeah, that that was the moment when with Nelson Aguilar with him going over the top. Yeah, that don't reach, young blood. And you know he was able to go over the top and make a big play. But you know, I mean, obviously it makes you feel good considering he's the third highest cap hit on the team. So for him to finally come through and make some plays like that is obviously big for the Patriots and they're going to need more of that, you know, but the question is, can he keep it up? Like consistency is the issue. You know, I'm not expecting Nelson Aguilar to go out there and, you know, catch a catch for 110 um, receiving yards every week. Like we're not expecting that, but, Obviously, you want to see him more involved consistently. You want to see him making plays. We need to see that more from the receivers. But that was definitely a beautiful play, a big play that you would rarely
0: see from this offense. And hope to see more of it. Yeah, Johnny Smith, it's your turn, right? (laughs) It's your turn, Johnny Smith. Please please step up. Uh, Another reason to feel good about the Patriots after two weeks, right? This is just a different tone than last week's show, Jordy. So much fun, right? So much more fun being positive about the team. Uh, Week one against the Dolphins. The Pats defense, they only gave up 13 points and 242 passing yards to maybe the fastest group of skill players in the league, right? When you look at Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell, those running backs, Edmonds and Raheem Mostert, those running backs can both fl- both fly, right? The Dolphins scored 20 points last week against the Pats, but, but seven of them, if you remember, came on that Mac Jones strip sack. Well, this past weekend, the Dolphins, they took the Ravens defense out behind the woodshed and like beat them with an old canoe paddle, right? Like that was just <laughs> either the Ravens quit on D, or the Dolphins are capable of that. 42 points, 461 passing yards, one regulation game. My gut tells me it's more the latter. I think the Dolphins are a good team. I think they're good. I think they're, I think they're dangerous, at least on offense. Which means the Patriots defense has given you back to, back-to-back weeks where they've only given up 14 points or less, right? Two touchdowns, basically. Uh, with all the points we're seeing that's that are being scored around the league, it's, it's wild. So I think that's another positive, Jordy. The defense, maybe... It's kind of quiet I don't know if anyone's really talking about it but the defense has been quietly good in back-to-back weeks for the Pats another good positive
1: yeah definitely and and to speak to your point I mean let's be honest if Jalen Waddle doesn't run up run up the field for for a long touchdown reception at the end of that at the end of the first half you know the Patriots the Patriots wouldn't give up a score to, to them yes like the defense would have literally helped him without a touchdown Uh, which is incredibly impressive seeing what they did against Baltimore and all those weapons over there. Uh, The defense is obviously still wearing the red cape for the team, you know, so where where they go is where the team goes. So they're going to have to keep playing hard like that and keep playing well. You know, they're getting pressure up front, and even if they're not getting sacks, they're making quarterbacks uncomfortable in the pocket. You know, the defensive backfield, the players are crashing now. They're making plays. They're making – they're making great sound tackles. I'm, I'm seeing a lot more speed. You know that that's been a, that's obviously been one of the weaknesses for the Patriots over the years. Is you know the, the sluggish linebacker in play and stuff like that. You know them just just kind of being slow, being a little bit more sluggish, able to stop the run, but not necessarily able to stop those skilled players whenever they they're able to come over the middle of the field. But you're seeing you're just kind of seeing more tackles. You're seeing guys flying around. The defense looks very good, and they're finally coming up with takeaways which I feel like was a huge, huge plus, obviously, against the Steelers. They're going to have to have more of that. They're
0: going to have to have takeaways, and obviously, in the offensive in end the, in of the ball, the Patriots can't give the ball away. Yeah, I mean, a lot of us were bitching when they didn't really address linebacker in the draft or in the offseason, besides Mac Wilson. But Mac Wilson made a great play to tip that ball. Jalen Mills. Another guy I kind of ripped over the off season when we were doing the show with Henry McKenna, uh, Jordy was, I'm like, Jalen Mills can't be your CB one. Malcolm Butler, before he got hurt, can't be your CB one. What are we doing? Jalen Mills is handling himself. Like he handled himself against Deontay Johnson. So pretty good. Mitchell Trubisky passed for 168 yards. That's it. So, uh, and again, it's Mitchell Trubisky, but still, so there's a lot to, there's a lot to like about the defense and, and where they're heading on that side of the football. Uh, a lot of good stuff. There was a play, Jordy, in Sunday's game that continues to bother me, right? I just, you know, I, and I know on Patswire, you guys did your winners and losers article. You do that. You know, it's a good piece you guys put on the Patswire, uh, you know, kind of going through the winners and the losers, kind of doing a hot and cold, you know, stock up, stock down style. You guys only went with winners this, this week because, you know, it was, it was one to feel good about. And I agree, but there was one loser that I want to get to, in my opinion. And we'll do it coming up next. But first... Let's get some free advice from our friends over at Huddle.com. They're going to set our fantasy lineups for us. We'll be right back.
2: This is the typical sports Sportsbook Fantasy Minute. Let's make this interesting. Interesting.
3: Corey Benini with TheHuddle.com here to bring you strong plays for week number three. Quarterback Jared Goff, Detroit Lions at Minnesota Vikings. While it has been a small sample size, Goff has shown enough in the first couple of weeks to give gamers a little bit of hope that he could be a streaming option in week three. He has six touchdown passes versus just one interception and is coming off a QB6 finish a week ago. And there's a pretty good shot at a multi-touchdown effort from Goff, and don't be shocked if he approaches 300 yards. Indianapolis Colts running back Naheem Hines versus the Kansas City Chiefs. If the Chiefs can hang points early and force Indy to abandon the running game, this could be a big week for Hines through the air. Despite what we've seen through two games, we're inclined to give Indy a little more credit, especially if star linebacker Shaquille Leonard can get back into the mix. There's even more upside for Hines if wide receiver Michael Pittman Jr. isn't available once more. Either way, Kansas City has given up the most receptions and the third highest yardage outputs to running backs through the air this season. Hines is a reasonable PPR play out of the flex spot. Wide receiver Jacoby Myers, Patriots vs. Ravens. The favorite target of quarterback Mac Jones has a fine matchup ahead, and that's not an overreaction to what Miami did to Baltimore in Week 2. Baltimore gave up four different wide receiver performances of at least 8.7 PPR points to the Jets in week one, including a six-catch 77-yard showing by Corey Davis, which should be in line with Myers' floor in this one, especially if the Ravens can jump out to a substantial lead. Los Angeles Rams tight end Tyler Higbee at Arizona Cardinals. While his career has been defined by inconsistency, we've seen enough through two games to suggest that he'll continue to be involved in the offense, at least to a large enough degree to warrant fantasy consideration. His 20 targets lead all tight ends, and his 26.3% target share is number two at the position. Only two tight ends have more than his 12 receptions. Meanwhile, Arizona has allowed the most fantasy points to tight ends by a wide margin, despite being one of the strongest units in 2021. Ride the hot hand and take advantage of the match while you can. For more award-winning fantasy football tips, news, and advice, please be sure to check out The Huddle.
2: Hundred five two two four seven zero zero in Colorado.
0: All right, Jordy, a lot to love from the Patriots win over the Steelers in week two in Pittsburgh. Uh, but here's my loser from Sunday's game. And in fact, watching the highlight of this play is bad for my health, my mental health right now. I can't keep watching the highlight. And it's hard to find. Like, you're not going to go on Patriots.com and find this highlight. You're going to find Nelson Aguilar uh, mossing Witherspoon, <laughs> but you're not going to find this one. You had to be watching the game, I think, to see it. Uh, Miles Bryant. Miles Bryant, what the hell are you doing, man? What are you doing? Uh, so it's one thing to physically, on a, on a return, it's one thing to physically misplay the ball, right, Jordy? That's why we all love football, because you can't predict how that freaking thing is fluttering through the air, how it's going to hit the ground, hit the player. There's going to be, you're going to misplay the ball. That's fine. I don't have any problem with Miles Bryant misplaying the ball. But, to see how little urgency he had when the ball was on the turf around the goal line. And and can you jump on the ball miles? The scene of him lazily bending down Jordy and reaching for it with like those two outstretched arms and booting it around the end zone with Steelers like crashing in all around him. I was like losing my mind. I mean, that could have ruined the whole game. He got lucky there that it ended up being a touchback, right? Like that easily could have ruined the whole game. The Pats won by three. If the Steelers scored a touchdown there, you know, that basically negates the one all Chevsky gave us on his muffed punt, and who knows? The Patriots might lose by a field goal. Bryant got so lucky uh, that he never really possessed it before the ball like got kicked out of bounds or before he fell over the end line there. And he is just... He has kind of sucked as the punt returner. I know he had one decent return, Jordy, but he, he told us in the summer that he's never done it since high school. And for some reason, Bill Belichick wants to put Miles Bryant back there returning the punts, and I don't... I don't understand sometimes when he just picks these players. And says, oh, yeah, you're going to handle the punts. It's like Miles Bryant back there almost screwed up the whole game because he's not a seasoned guy back there. You know, he's just not. It, it reminds me of when we had Nikhil Harry back there last year. It's like, what are we doing? What are we doing? So, Miles Bryant for that play, F. Oh, my God, F. You know, like that, <laughs> that one is, like, like I said, not good for my mental health, Jordy. It was scary could have screwed up the whole entire game. Why does Belichick insist on making us watch Miles Bryan try to return the kicks back there?
1: Man, why does Belichick do a lot of things? That's a good question. It, it, it's a question. But yeah, I mean, Miles Bryant. he obviously, w- he would have been in my losers column on that post. But like you said, I was, I was feeling kind of generous, a little bit generous, and <laughs> a little bit excited after the Patriots finally get a big win there yes, over, yes, yes. over Pittsburgh. But yeah, obviously ter- terrible punt return coverage. I mean, it's just, terrible punt returning. Um he, he shouldn't be the guy back there and we're definitely fortunate that it didn't turn out worse uh when <laughs> when he was trying to bend over at the waist to try to pick up the ball. I don't know what he was doing, but you know, it could it could also be an issue, you know, we were talking about before the show obviously Marcus Jones Um, who could obviously be back there? And you would think that he would be back there after seeing all the explosive plays and returns that he had in Houston. And you spend you spend such a high draft pick on him, you obviously would think that you know this is a guy that you want to put on the football field. What are we waiting for? But Belichick has always had this weird this weird thing when it comes with rookies, and it just kind of makes me wonder if he's just you know. Afraid, afraid of turnovers or something like that and maybe he just well and me saying that now Miles Bryant almost turned the ball over but obviously you know Miles Bryant's the more experienced guy so maybe that's what Bill Belichick was thinking coming, in, coming into that game and you know seeing the way Miles Bryant played against the Steelers maybe he changes that way of thinking heading into week three hopefully because the Patriots they're going to have to make plays on special teams as well but you know we, we saw some positive things from the offense, and I'm hoping that the offense can kind of get off to a better track and keep moving forward and keep growing and keep improving. But this doesn't seem like an offense is going to be able to light a lot of teams up. And you're coming into an ASD division where there's so many talented offenses and so many teams that you're going to have to score with to keep up. I mean, you just saw the juggernaut Buffalo Bills just run roughshod over the Tennessee Titans last night <laughs> They're ridiculous, in a Ferris game.
0: The Bills are ridiculous. <laughs>
1: absolutely ridiculous. That team is a, that team's a juggernaut. That team's moth stars for any of my yes. Space Jam fans yeah, out there. That's yeah, exactly yeah. what that team is. But, uh, but back to my point, like the Patriots, they're going to have to make plays. They're going to need plays on special teams sometimes. I mean, you know, a big return here or there can can tilt the game, especially when your defense is playing so well. You know, if you can help your t- if you can help, help the offense out with special teams play and then the defense can continue to lock things down, you know, you can win ball games.
0: Yeah, and I think, you know, college football on Saturdays a lot bigger, you know, where you're at in Tennessee, Jordy, than maybe out here. So just fans should just type into YouTube Marcus Jones and just check out some of his returns when he was at Houston the last couple of years. I mean, the guy literally won games for them returning kicks. He's mm-hmm. that much of a game breaker. He was that electric. And you think that's why the Patriots are drafting this kid, as you said, Jordy, 85th overall in the third round, like probably to be the kick return guy. Gunnar Olszewski's in Pittsburgh. They got to. They got to return punts. They got to return kicks. Maybe it's going to be this Marcus Jones, and he's a healthy, uh, healthy scratch against the Steelers. And and why? Why? It's like one of It's. I agree a hundred percent. It's like one of these things Belichick does that you just scratch your head. Is it because there's too many Joneses on the field? You can't have Mac Jones, Jack Jones, and, and Marcus Jones. Maybe that'll confuse Belichick in his old age. Can't have that many Joneses that's on the field. It. Yeah, that's it. That's it. That's it. Because like, I and I, you know Miles Bryant, I like him. I like him. I like him. Fine. I think he's a good kid. I'm rooting for him. He was signed as an undrafted free agent, right? Jordy cut, signed, back on the practice squad, elevated, demoted, cut, signed. Like, this is Miles Bryant. And now he's playing meaningful snaps. He's playing almost all... He's playing 89% of the snaps in week two, playing basically that slot corner role for them. So I'm rooting for Miles Bryant, but also, like, can you remember one play Miles Bryant made on the defense? One? Can you remember anything he did? They kind of hide him on the defense. I mean, I, I couldn't believe Pittsburgh didn't go at that. Like, Chase Claypool in the slot versus Miles Bryant. Go to that, Mitchell Trubisky. Maybe, maybe try that matchup. He never went to it. So I think Belichick does a good job of kind of scheming Miles Bryant. I don't know if, you know, this is probably me getting in over my head with X's and O's, but scheming Miles Bryant so he doesn't get left on an island, doesn't get smoked out there. I think he's one of the weaker links on the defense. Can we just, where's Marcus Jones? You know, that that's one that... I continue to just banging my head against the wall. Where is Marcus Jones? Why am I watching Miles Bryant muff, muff punts in the end zone and, and fumble around out there and nearly screw up the football game? He's only averaging six point eight yards per return. I haven't seen anything to make me believe that uh, Bryant is the guy to return punts, and I don't know if he's doing anything special on defense either. Jordy, like he's like a, a key linchpin. He's a guy that needs to get eighty-seven percent of the snaps. Like maybe, maybe it's what you, maybe it's what you said. Maybe Belichick's. Terrified to have two rookie uh, defensive backs out there, Jack Jones, Marcus Jones, and maybe you can't tell them apart because they have the same na- the same last name. I I have no idea, man. I have no idea, but yeah, the Marcus Jones things that continues to annoy me.
1: I mean, you had the Malcolm Butler thing in the Super Bowl, and then obviously yeah. the Anthony Jennings last week. Belichick just has these healthy scratches, and you just kind of shake your head. You just you just don't know, man. I don't know. I mean, we can
0: spend an entire segment of conspiracy theories here. and What's going on there? That's that's what you do on the pod. That's what you do on a talk show. Right, Jordy? Come on. We got to break. Exactly. We gotta get, we'll get into our rhythm here. Eventually, we'll come up with better conspiracy theories on on why Miles Bryant is returning punts. But that was that <laughs> I feel better. Again, I've been out. I've been very happy today singing along with my my, you know, I got an 11 month old here singing his little tunes, Coca Melon, singing that with the baby this morning, smelling the flowers. Very. I'm in a much better mood this week. But um, that Miles Bryant punt, I had to get that off my chest. It's good we have a little platform we can do that, Jordy. Uh, the Patriots play the aforementioned Ravens in their sieve defense. What the hell were they doing against the Dolphins in the fourth quarter? That was horrible. Uh, forgot to cover Tyree Kill. Hmm. Eh, maybe you want to cover them, Baltimore. So should the Patriots really be home dogs in their, in their home opener in Foxborough? Should they be underdogs to the Ravens? We're going to get to that coming up next, but first, our friends from the Bet Slip and Podcast have a free play for us. We'll be right back.
2: This is the Typical Sportsbook Minute. Let's make this interesting.
1: Hello, hello. This is Nathan Beadley here with the Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm here to break down the Packers' Bucks as our game of the week. We are using odds provided by Typico Sportsbook. New users from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Terms and conditions apply. 21 plus. See site for details. Get your bonus today at usabet.com slash podcast. All right, on to the game. The Bucks have won two straight low scoring grinded out type games and their defense is the real deal they're led by an elite secondary and a front line that is the most sacks per game in the nfl mike evans out will open up a favorably price point for tom brady leonard fournette and a nasty defense the bucks were eight and two against the spread as home favorites last season and should keep that success rolling this year take bucks minus two and a half against the packers this sunday
2: that was your typical sportsbook minute. For a limited time, new users in Colorado and New Jersey from this podcast will enjoy a special welcome bonus. Get your bonus today at usatodaybet.com/podcast. That's usatodaybet.com/podcast. See typico.com for terms and conditions. 21 plus only. Gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado.
0: All right, Jordy, our, uh, our friends over at the Tipico Sportsbook have the Patriots as three-and-a-half-point dogs in the home opener this Sunday. Again, that's an early line. That line could change before kickoff or after this show airs. But what we're looking at is a three-and-a-half-point spread. Now, you correctly sided with the Patriots last week, Jordy. You're 1-0, and oh, and people that stick on for the third segment here and listen to our picks in the past on this show have been disappointed, or they fade us, right? They say, who's O'Leary <laughs> picking we're gonna fade that because I've been horrible at picking the games. Uh, but you're one to know, good for you. So what are you thinking about this line against Baltimore? Three and a half point underdogs to the Ravens, who just blew that big fourth quarter lead against the Dolphins in week two and beat the Jets in week one. Um, what are you thinking about that? What's your gut reaction to Pats being dogs?
1: You know, I mean, I'm actually I'm actually liking the Pats in this matchup. And you know we talked about we talked about conspiracies heading into the break. Give it to me. And I got one for you. Yes, I got a fun yes. one for you. Okay, so the Ravens got outscored twenty-eight to three in the fourth quarter against the Dolphins, oh, it's which juicy. is the same score the Patriots overcame at Super Bowl Fifty-One to beat the Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I remember that. that one. Definitely something to that. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Best night of my life. I don't think I've ever been more hammered at halftime of a game. That was pretty. That was pretty oh. good.
1: Oh dude, I probably woke up my entire neighborhood <laughs> running outside and just screaming. It was one of those great nights. But obviously that score there, man, yeah. I mean it was it was such an it was such an embarrassing meltdown for the Ravens part. So for them to be able to even pick themselves up off the floor, I mean I mean look man, that game was that game was on Sunday. And I literally, you know, I I went to bed Sunday, and then I and then you know woke up Monday, and then went to bed Monday night, and woke up this morning, and and Tyree Kill's still running on that defense, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yes. So I mean, it's just it's it's, it's one of the one of those games. I mean, it's, it was an embarrassing meltdown. So for them to even be able to get back up and go to Foxborough against a Bill Belichick defense that actually played very well against them the last time they met, you know, I know it was a couple years ago, a couple years ago, twenty twenty, yes. But Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Belichick schemed very well against Lamar Jackson in that game. So, you know, I, I like the Patriots as underdogs at home in their first home game of the season, feeling a little bit of confidence after the Steelers game. I like them here.
0: Yeah. I mean, I would definitely take these points, Pats at home, and I might even look at the money line. I'm not a fan of the Ravens. I don't know if you could tell. <laughs> I don't know you could tell, dirty I mean, here's another here's another stat for you. Only four teams have given up 50 plus points in these first two weeks, and in, in one of them is the Ravens. And they played the Jets Ooh. in week one, so that's not that's not good. And they moved on from Wink Martindale in the offseason to the defensive coordinator. He's now with the Giants, and so they were trying to fix the defense. But I think their defense does not scare me right now. Let's put it that way. Uh, <laughs> and how scary is Lamar Jackson, right? That's the question and when you're approaching this, if you want to approach it as a fan, if you're worried about the game or if you're trying to you maybe placing a legal wager on it. Uh, but I think... You know, very astute by you, Jordy, bringing up 2020. The Ravens came to Foxborough as a road favorite in that one, too. The Pats won it 23-17, uh, and it's a perfect score. That's kind of what I would predict for this game. Something like that, 23-17 in that neighborhood. I think the Patriots not only cover, but win the ball game because I think the, the game plan is pretty simple. I mean, don't let Lamar ruin the game with his legs. Keep him in the pocket, obviously, uh-huh. but... You just got to take the take away the unpredictability, right? Make it more predictable. Keep him in the pocket and make him complete passes on third down, right? Mm-hmm. Make him move the sticks, Jordy. Isn't that the game plan against the Ravens? Like I, that's what definitely I, yeah. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, no, you're, you're you're right on. That's definitely the game plan. I mean, you're you're wanting you're wanting Lamar because Lamar Jackson he love he loves the home run balls. I mean, he's obviously gonna gonna use his legs to try to get out of the pocket and make plays there. But you know, he loves the home run balls, and he had you know he had some of them against the Dolphins as well. But if you take away the deep if you take away the deep passes you know don't give up the big play, obviously make him methodically work his way down the field, throw through tight windows, make him do that, and then you know you run you run the opportunity of Lamar making mistakes and you coming up with turnovers
0: yeah, that's exactly it. that team is all explosive plays it's Lamar Jackson running eighty yards for a touchdown It's Rashad Bateman taking a crosser 75 yards for a touchdown that's mm-hmm. their offense so take that away they don't have the elite run game thing anymore where it's like Lamar and all these backs. And it's like, who are we covering and who's got the ball? And now Lamar jocks. They don't seem to have that going yet. So it's just like, can you take away that mammoth play? I think the Patriots can, and the Patriots kind of have this defense going where like the windows open and then they shut it when the ball's in the air, they're pretty good at that. So I think they could bait Lamar into mistakes. I think they can make him be inaccurate. I think they can make him be more predictable. I think this is exactly the type of team the Pats can and will beat this year. Uh, I'm not going to pick the Patriots every every week, that's for sure. Uh, but the pick is obviously Pats plus three and a half. I'm taking those points. And I would probably I would probably lean under the total of 43 and a half. Jordy, if I'm looking at the total, I like the spread more. But again, 23-17, 24-17, 24-16, something in that neighborhood, just like that 2020 game. That's kind of what I'm expecting. I think the Patriots could hold them down, but I don't believe the offense is going to go out there and hang 40 on them. Like we saw Tua do, and again Tyree Kill again. Let's just we'll figure out Tyree Kill. Let him run around back there. We'll figure it out. Now, yeah, that was a good plan by the Ravens in the fourth quarter. Uh, you sure, but yeah, you
1: sure are you sure, are you sure we're not going to see Kendrick Bourne running running deep and, and
0: throwing up some peace sign as well? Give it to me, give it to me, give me Kendrick Bourne, give me Aguilar. <laughs> Get down the field, man. Let's go. I mean, this would be a great game to have Taquan Thornton unleash Taquan Thornton if he was healthy. Right? It'd be a good game yeah. for him. But yeah, I just I love the Patriots in this spot. I, I just think the Ravens are one of those teams. They're always overrated, Jordy. They're I mean, every season it's like, yeah, the Ravens are one of those teams in the AFC. They're gonna challenge the Bills for the for the AFC championship. What? Huh? Why what, what are we talking about? The Ravens are not that team. They always seem to be every single year. And they're just never that team. Maybe they win one playoff game. That's it. That's it. So no overrated team should not be favored by three and a half in New England. Give me the Pats.
1: Taking them, I'm taking the Patriots too. I'm going I'm going twenty to seventeen, so I'm gonna have mine a little bit closer. Yep. Um but I, I think I think it's gonna be another one of those games It's gonna be another just, you know I hate to say defensive battle but just the Ravens defense <laughs> does not look good. Well
0: against the Obviously, Pats offense they might look a, a smidge better. You know, they might look that, like they did against the Jets. <laughs>
1: Yes, that, that's, that's more, you know, I, I still have a little, still have some reservations for the offense. You know, I just, I need, I need to see Mac Jones and then make some more plays and, and possibly, possibly that's coming against a defense like the Ravens who are, I mean, they're, they're giving up 379 passing yards per game in the first two games of the season, which is the worst in, in the NFL. They're giving up the most total yards. Um, Which is the worst in the NFL right now? So it's just there's a lot to be concerned about on that Baltimore Ravens defense. Where this is one of those games where I really want to see I want to see Mac Jones and the offense let loose a little bit. I mean, I think I think this is an opportunity for them to actually make some plays and some big plays, and you know maybe may, maybe bring a little bit more hope into the fact that they can do more than you know win five or six games this season.
0: That's Jordy McElroy. Make sure you check him out on the Patriots Wire. Good stuff, Jordy. Enjoy some football this weekend, all right, my man?
1: Man, I will try, man. You know the fair is in town where I'm at, man. So I'm oh, trying to.
0: Beautiful.
1: Yeah, man. I don't. I don't know about here, man. You know the fair in this town. The streets are, The streets kind of smell like armpits, keep P, Keystone <laughs> Light, and cigarettes. Uh, <laughs> but I'll try <laughs> to enjoy some football outside of that.
0: The fair. The fair scares the crap out of me. Just too many people. <laughs> yeah, too much. You know, too much. You know, tempting horrible food for me you know you know the just the bad food <laughs> and that you just got to eat then you're like i feel awful now uh, and again just too many people for me too many people oh, so i just hide, okay, i just hide sorry. in my house on sundays now and just sit on the couch that's that's kind of me but yeah good if you go to the fair good luck we'll have to ask you about that next week let's do it <laughs> all right for jordy i'm ryan o'leary thanks for joining us this week go pats we'll talk to you next time